When I'm not hosting this podcast, I am writing books, but it is really hard for me to write when I'm at home, so I like to find remote cabins in the middle of nowhere to just hang out and write. But I hate the idea of my house just sitting empty, doing nothing but collecting dust and definitely not collecting checks. And that's why I'm an Airbnb host. It's one of my all-time favorite side hustles. Other popular side hustles are awesome too, don't get me wrong, but they often involve big startup costs. By hosting your space, you're monetizing what you already have access to. It doesn't get easier than that. And if you're new to the side hustle game and you're anxious about getting started, don't worry because you're not in this alone. Airbnb makes it super easy to host. I mean, if I could do it, you could do it. And your home might be worth a lot more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Hey guys, are you ready for some money rehab? Wall Street has been completely upended by an unlikely player, GameStop. And should I have a 401k? Because you don't do it? No, I never. Girl. You think the whole world revolves around you and your money? Well, it doesn't. Charge for wasting our time. I will take a check. You recognize her from anchoring on CNN, CNBC, and Bloomberg. The only financial expert you don't need a dictionary to understand. The cold lapin. A few months ago, we did an episode on real estate in the metaverse. But a few months ago in the metaverse is like several lifetimes in the real world. And so we're due for an update. So I'm bringing on the amazing Randy Zuckerberg, who is the founder and CEO of Zuckerberg Media and hosts a weekly radio show, Randy Zuckerberg Means Business on Sirius XM. She is an expert in all things digital, and she's going to give us a mini metaverse masterclass. Let's get into it. Oh, my God. I'm so excited to say, finally, Randy, welcome to Money Rehab. We did it. I'm so happy. I love seeing your face and hearing your voice, and I'm so happy to be here. I am so happy to see your face and hear your voice. And I've been on your show like... A lot of times. A million Many times. times. You are, you are the, our most favorite recurring guest, oh, I would say, on, oh. on the XM show. Well, I'm so happy to have you on ours. You just started, but you're already our favorite. And I would love to have your help figuring out the metaphors. <laughs> Randy, like, help! You were going to help me figure out the metaverse. No, 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 sister. <laughs> this is all you. You are the queen of Web3 metaverse land. So first of all, I feel very old when I even think about all of this. So can you tell us WTF is the metaverse? Yes. Okay. Well, first of all, I would say 80% of people who use the word metaverse don't have a clue what it is. They're just using it to have a higher valuation for their company or to sound innovative. So if you, if for anyone who's listening and feels insecure that they don't know what the metaverse is, like, congratulations, you're actually part of the vast majority. No one does. Um, but I think one way to think about it is in some ways, Nicole, you and I are in a metaverse right now. Like we are, uh, we're interacting with one another, but it's through screens. It's, it's, 
a screen representation of ourselves that, that we're seeing, chatting with one another. And the more time that we spend doing that, the more we care how we look and how we're represented, which is why on Zoom, there's things like touch up my appearance or oh, virtual yes. backgrounds and things. People care. Shocker. They care about how they're represented in, in digital settings. And so when we talk about the metaverse, we're taking that one step further, which is, you know, you're talking about a full avatar of yourself and how do you represent yourself in a digital world? And, and we can get into all the wild things that people are buying and doing and investing in real estate and all kinds of a economic opportunity. Yes. What are they buying and doing? Well, first of all, I will say that I was very skeptical the first time that I heard about the metaverse. And uh, I got invited to this kind of art gallery party in Decentraland. Uh, Decentraland is one of the, the bigger metaverses. And it's a popular one because you don't need a VR headset. You can just go on on, on your computer. Uh, and I, I was very skeptical. I was like, I don't even have time to like go to art gallery parties with real people. Like, why do I want to go to one with fake people in a fake world? And Nicole, it was, I mean, within five minutes of creating my avatar, I felt so embarrassed about how basic my avatar looked that I was like, it took me five minutes to want to spend money in the metaverse to make my avatar a better representation because I just I felt so disappointed with how she looked. I was like, great, I'm a boring mom in the real world. And now I'm a boring mom in the metaverse. Like, awesome. And uh, that impulse of like making my avatar a better representation of myself, um, that was the moment that I was like, okay, there, there's an economic opportunity here. If I'm feeling this way, then everyone else is feeling that way too. Randy, you are many things. And I've known you for, oh my God, is it almost 15 years at this point? Maybe more? Uh, you are many things. Basic is not one of them. <laughs> you are not a basic lady. So whether it's here in this land or some other land. So you are like the queen of accessories. You're even wearing the coolest earrings right now. I can never keep up. So you accessorized yourself. I did. I now my avatar is wearing these awesome glitter high heels and she even has these like makeup eyes and things like that. Um, but it was cool. It was actually cool to go to this art gallery party and interact with people and see how people around the world choose to represent themselves online. Um, the fashion was awesome. It was, it was a really cool experience. Um, people were shopping the artists that were on the gallery walls. It felt very interactive. It didn't feel lonely or isolating. So, you know, we're still in very early days. I think, um, you know, five, 10 years from now, we'll laugh about what these experiences were like today. It's like the early iPhone apps. Um, but I, you can definitely see glimmers of, of excitement and, and what the opportunities could unlock in the future. So how much were those glitter shoes and your smoky eye in the metaverse? Yeah, I mean, I think they were about like $10. So it's not like huge, you know, bank break. Like it's not like Louboutins in real life, but... Um, but they're not but, real shoes. So no, they're, that's not, okay. they're not, they're not real shoes, but you know, if, if people are interacting with me, it, it was, it really shocked me how much I cared. 
Um, cause I, I didn't think I was going to, and I went in, be, I went in being like, this is going to be stupid. And then I left like having spent $30 on, on accessories for a, an avatar. Um, but it, it was cool. I, I got to browse, you know, there's a huge marketplace of accessories for avatars. Um, and what's so interesting is that I feel like when you have conversations with adults, I feel like I have to explain myself and there's all these caveats, but then I turn to my 11 year old and he's like, mom, can I have $20 to buy outfits for like my Nintendo avatar or my Pokemon go? And I was like, that's what I just spent two hours explaining (laughs) to adults. That's going to happen. And like he and his friends are just doing that on a regular basis. It feels totally normal to them to be spending money inside these worlds. So they're sort of growing up with it. It's taking us a minute to get down with it. There are a lot of people who say they know about it and do not. So where do you think the real opportunity is here? And Decentraland, by the way, is one of many lands. So (laughs) it's kind of like a video game where there's like different game universes. Absolutely. I would say far and away the biggest use cases for the metaverse right now are video gaming. Um, Roblox is probably the most famous metaverse that people have heard of where people are creating their own games and their own universes inside of there. Um, also Fortnite, uh, Minecraft are, are, are metaverses that people are really familiar with. So video gaming is by far the biggest use case for for the metaverse. But what we're starting to see more and what I think is cool about metaverses like Decentraland is that they're starting to become hubs for arts and culture. So you're starting to see these metaverses where uh, people are having concerts and they're having art galleries and DJs are performing. um, And you're starting to see these new outlets popping up where fashion and culture at the forefront. So that's what I'm excited about about. Um, There's a lot of people working on education in the metaverse. Uh, There's a lot of places in the world where girls can't go to school or people don't have access to great education and suddenly being able to go to a virtual school in the metaverse unlocks a lot of opportunity for people who didn't have that. Um, There's a lot of healthcare training that's going on. Um, uh, a lot of studies have shown that when doctors can perform surgeries and, and tasks in a virtual world, they perform them with fewer errors in the real world. So uh, I, those are some of the use cases that I'm excited about that we're not quite there yet mainstream, but uh, but we're getting there. Let's double click on that analogy for a second. So even though there are multiple metaverses now, metavi metaverses. I don't know. Let's okay. let's make let's make the <laughs> let's plural. make up words. right here. Yeah, I like, I like metavi. Awesome. <laughs> <laughs> so there are multiple metavi right now, uh, like the video game industry. Do you think that's sustainable? Do you think there's only room for one metaverse? No, I think there's definitely room for multiple, but I think you'll start to see. Um, different platforms carving out kind of like what their main niche is. Like, oh, this is the place for for music. 
or and this is the place for gaming and this is the place for for entertainment and and watching content or or they'll have different personalities it'll be like going into a cafeteria and like in in high school like which table are you with the goths are you with the band geeks like i, I feel like different metaverses will start to have different cultures to, and personalities to them um and so that's why it's really important for anyone who's curious to to actually just go play in a few of them, there's really no way to learn except to open up Decentraland or Sandbox or Minecraft and just actually open up some of these uh, platforms and and go have a, a look around at what's happening. And you need a headset for some of them, but not all. Correct. For some of them, like for some of the, the gaming, uh, like the multiplayer gaming, you really do need the headset. Um, but a lot, I actually think some of the most exciting things are happening in augmented reality. Um, I, I, I think we'll, we'll start to see a lot of metaverse experiences where you don't need a headset. You just need, right now, you do need a laptop. The, the bandwidth on a phone is not quite good enough. Um, but five years from now, you'll be able to, to, uh, open up a metaverse on your phone. You know, in some ways, Pokemon Go, which was all the rage or like five, six years ago was a metaverse. Um, so I think, uh, the pandemic really primed all of us having started to do so many things online that we never thought we would do has really primed a lot of us to to think of the possibilities of like, oh, wow, you know, maybe we could own real estate online, or maybe I could open like an entire virtual store that people go to online. Hold on to your wallets, boys and girls. Money Rehab will be right back. Money rehabbers, you have money hidden in your house. Yeah, just hiding there in plain sight. Okay, so I don't mean you have gold bars hidden somewhere in walls, treasure map style, but you do have a money-making opportunity that you're just leaving on the table if you're not hosting on Airbnb. It's one of my all-time favorite side hustles. By hosting your space, you are monetizing what you already own. It doesn't get easier than that. For me, hosting on Airbnb has always been a no-brainer. When I first signed up, I remember thinking to myself, self, you pay a lot of money for your house. It is time that house returned the favor. And to get real with you for a sec, I felt so much guilt before treating myself on vacation because traveling can be so expensive. But since hosting on Airbnb, I feel zero stress for treating myself to a much needed vacation because having Airbnb guests stay at my house when I'm traveling helps offset the cost of my travel. So it's such a win-win. I mean, if I could do it, you could do it. And your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Do you ever get FOMO, fear of missing out? Well, do you ever get FOMO Tupita, fear of missing out on the perfect hire? If so, I have the antidote. It's LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In any given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites, and that adds up to a serious squad of awesome candidates. LinkedIn has over a billion professionals on the platform, and these candidates are super qualified. So much so that 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within just 24 hours. I work with LinkedIn Jobs for all of my dream team needs, so they're hooking up money rehabbers at linkedin.com slash MNN. Go there and you can post your job for free. That's linkedin.com slash MNN, as in Money News Network, to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. 
Now for some more money rehab. So talk to me about the real estate in the metaverse. Is that still hot? You know, it's uh, that that to me is something that I'm still curious about and learning. I have not personally invested in any real estate in the metaverse, although I have bought some of the cryptocurrency tokens that different metaverse platforms have. Like, for example, Decentraland has their own currency that you have to use to buy. Um, and I, I have bought some of that currency and, and a few others. Um, but I haven't taken the plunge into real estate yet. Um, also, real estate in the metaverse is expensive. Like if you were sitting there thinking, oh my gosh, real estate in the real world is so expensive. Good news. I can go buy beautiful land in the metaverse. Well, sorry, like you're out of luck there. Sorry, too. Charlie. Like, <laughs> yeah, like you're just like screwed all around physical real estate, digital, it's all expensive. Um, but I think the value of real estate will be predicated on scarcity. Um, if like what you were just saying, if a few of these platforms win and become dominant, the, the real estate will be very valuable in those. If there's 40 different metaverses that all take off and are all being used, it, the real estate maybe is a little less valuable across each one. Right, because it, it's endless. You and I both lived in New York City for some time. Like, that is finite. You can't build into the water or elsewhere. And so that makes sense why real estate prices are so high. So how do you make sense of that with the metaverse? And what kind of advice would you give someone who's debating buying any real estate in the metaverse? Well, the, a few things that are interesting, though, is that if you want to, like for this art gallery party that, that we went to, and sorry to keep like going back to this party, it wasn't No, that I feel epic. jealous. Like, it, I was mean, it was, it was fun. It was not that epic for as much as I'm talking about it. But um, for example, um, in order to throw an event in the metaverse, you need to um, use some real estate. So you either need to buy real estate or you need to rent it from someone else, like a landlord. So for this party, they actually had to rent an event space like you would in the real world and then decorate it for their event and put the art up. And so the landlord of that building that was used actually made money from, from that art gallery party. So if you have the design power, if you're a great 3D designer or you have access to one and you can actually build out a beautiful looking space in the metaverse, you can actually make uh, rental income off of that space for people coming in and doing events. So that's one area that, that you could actually do. But if you don't have that design know-how and aesthetic and the ability uh, or, or the, the bandwidth to be renting it out and communicating, then um, I wouldn't recommend it. Like, how much are we talking? Are there digital open houses where there's also like avatars standing uh, across the street, like all down the street waiting to get in? There's totally digital open houses. It's the the price is based on how central the location is. So if you want to be like in a main, if you want to be in the Times Square of one of these metaverse locations, like you're going to pay a pretty penny for that location. If you're okay to be out in the burbs, like where I am right now, and you're just going to like give people the address to type into the search bar, um, you, you're not going to get any foot traffic unless you give people the address, then it's much cheaper. So it, it's funny how these the dynamics play out just like in the real world. When you say a pretty penny, it's not penny. So you said that there are different currencies for each land. So help me 
follow the money trail? Yes. So there's so there's different currencies and depending on the day, we all know crypto is very volatile. So depending on the day, you might be getting a great deal on something if crypto is down or you might be getting a worse deal if if the price of crypto goes up. But um, a lot of, uh, for example, in Decentraland or in Sandbox, you need to buy... Um, you know, a certain amount of land in order to host an event. Uh, you have to, they, they do it by kind of square parcels and they'll might say, okay, to have an event like this, you're going to need at least 15 of these squares or 30 of these squares. And then depending on the location, uh, there'll be a price for that in mana or in sand or in in their currency. Um, but then once you buy the real estate, you have to build it out. So you actually then you have to have a graphic designer, you have to um, actually build it into something beautiful that people will want to visit. So it's it, there's a lot of steps right now. Um, although there's a lot of steps in being a real homeowner too. That's, true. Um, That's very true. But I, I think this whole process will get easier. Uh, but right now it's it's pretty speculative. People are kind of betting that the, there'll be a clear winner or a few clear winners and that the land will have some scarcity to it. So that who knows, those people are either going to look real smart in a few years or they're going to be like, we do not talk of 2022. Like, I, I don't know. There's there's it did it happen. Only- it only goes in one of those two directions. That makes sense. And let's <laughs> go back to your party for a second, because we haven't talked about that in a moment. Um, go, and and back to your shoes. So when you buy like the glitter shoes or the makeup or any other accessories, who are you buying that from? Like which brands are doing well and dabbling in the metaverse and making money that way? Most of the time you're buying them from independent artists, which is pretty fun. I love almost- that. That's yeah. your jam, Randy. I do love that. And a lot of the time, so what you do is you buy it as an NFT. Oh, God. And so I know now we're getting like super hardcore stop me at any minute. So you basically buy it as an NFT. It goes into your crypto wallet. So like in my wallet right now, there it says like cat ears. I have an NFT that's like cat ears, but it's not like a piece of art that I would trade or collect. It's like something that when I log into a metaverse with my wallet, like those cat ears are available to me to decorate my avatar with. So you basically, you buy an NFT of of a virtual good from an independent artist, which like you said, I love supporting independent artists, especially women. Um, And then you have them in your NFT wallets. You can take them with you to different metaverses. It's not like if you buy something in one, you only use it there. Uh, once, Once you have it in your wallet, it goes with you. That's what's so exciting about Web3 and this new ownership economy. Can you define Web3 while we're at it? I'm not sure, to be totally honest. I'm, I'll try. Let me, I'll give it a try. But I think, you know, I was on the front lines of Web2 and Web2 was really about putting a social graph over the internet. So suddenly it was all of the information that you could get from Web1, but with this social layer of your friends and your connections overlaid on top of all of that, which made it richer and and more exciting. Um, Now Web3 is putting an ownership layer over all of that. So uh, whereas, you know, right now, uh, Nicole, like you're such a tastemaker. I feel like you always know like the coolest things that are going on. Um, but you don't 
you don't get really rewarded for that in web two of being a tastemaker. But in web three, if you're the first to discover a band or first to discover an artist, or you're like that friend that always knows the latest things, um, you can actually be part of the success of that band or that artist rising through their career and, and be part of the ownership of that. So how would you explain to your mom, although your mom in particular is very savvy and sassy and probably already knows, but how would you explain to a mom that wants to just start from scratch right now? You talked about wallets and NFTs and different kinds of crypto because Web3 also is really powered by crypto. It's not powered by dollars. So where would you even start? What's step one? And I mean, honestly, Nicole, this is part of the problem. This is why it hasn't gone mainstream is because there's like 45 steps from wanting to start to getting to getting anywhere. And there's so many pitfalls and areas to get hacked and scammed and everything in this. So like there's 45 steps and those steps are happening in a really sketchy neighborhood. Um, and so no wonder people are skeptical, but, um, you know, if you want to explore metaverse, for example, you have to open a crypto wallet because that's the way you log into these sites. And what are some of those examples? Uh, MetaMask, Phantom Wallet, Rainbow, uh, Coinbase Wallet. Those are uh, a few of the, um, the big players, but there are multiples. So, um, you would open a wallet. You would have to buy some cryptocurrency and transfer it into that wallet. So, so you some, go to like Coinbase or something, buy buy it, transfer it into your wallet, right? So we're already at about four steps that you have to do. But and, any crypto, like Bitcoin, Ethereum, doesn't matter? Um, if you want to, it depends on the site you're going to. If you want to buy art, you would want Ethereum in your wallet because that's really the the crypto that people are are buying and selling art with. If you want to go play on Decentraland, you'll want their currency. If you want um, to go support uh, in newcoming artists and musicians, a lot of them are, uh, are on different uh, blockchains from that. So depending on what you want to do, so now, so now you have to do some research on top of everything. You have to do some research about what you want to do. Buy a little crypto, put it in your wallet. There's usually like a 10-day waiting period the first time that you do that from your bank. So um, let's say that you have somehow done all of those steps and have survived not being hacked. Um, then you're going to want to be on Twitter or Discord because that's where you learn everything that's happening in the crypto space. Um, And based on what you see, what's happening or a community that you feel like is a good fit for you, um, then that's when you can really start having fun. That's a lot of steps. I know. Like, why would anyone do that? Sometimes I ask myself why I do that. And so that's why, you know, I love Web3. I desperately want women to get in on the ground floor and be part of it. But I also understand that it is not ready for mainstream yet. Like when you have to do that many steps, it's not ready for my mom or for millions of people. When do you think the steps will be fewer? I think, I mean, there's a lot of big players that are working on it right now. Um, I, I think, you know, there's a push and pull because... 
the whole ethos of Web3 is that it's decentralized, that there isn't one or two big players that are controlling the ecosystem. But on the other hand, without a few players controlling the ecosystem, you have this like 14 step process uh, where, where you're setting things up. So I think where we're going to have to fall in order for this world to be become mainstream is it's, it it's going to be like web 2.5. Like there's, there's going to have to be a few big players that are uh, overseeing things uh, with the opportunity for everyone to own their own wallet and be able to, to bounce around between those players. But having your wallet is so important. It is. I mean, your your crypto wallet will be like the equivalent of your driver's license or your passport or your ID in the real world. You will log into sites with your wallet. You will get credentialed for things in your wallet. Like in the future, probably things like your vaccine card and your diplomas and things like that will happen Um in in your wallet that you can bring with you always and instead of having to like produce paper copies of things and lose them um and so i think more and more that's going to become like your main source of identity across anything you do digitally okay so now that we have our education and we are ready to go into the metaverse where should we go what kind of communities would you recommend Yes, there are so many awesome communities in crypto that I love. Um, but if you, if anyone wants to come hang with me in the metaverse, uh, I run a community called Hug. We named it Hug purposely to be very welcoming and friendly and non-intimidating because crypto and metaverse can be very intimidating. Um, and we like to say that we are the friendliest second stop on your Web3 journey because there are so many great beginner communities that will teach you how to set up a wallet and how to do all the beginner steps. I recommend Curious Addy is my favorite beginner community. My BFF is a great uh, community for beginners. So once you've set up your wallet, if you're still excited after you've done that, Come check us out at Hug. We regularly do training. We do field trips into the metaverse. We do parties. We um, educate creators on how to mint their own NFT collections and, and build things. So would love to have anyone who's crypto curious come join us. Yes. Who doesn't want to hug from you anywhere? I would take a hug from you in any verse. So. <laughs> Everyone has to have a crypto name. Like, it's not cool to go by your real name. Oh. In crypto, so I am the mother hugger. Of course you are. <laughs> That's where. So where do you come up with your name? And then how do we find the hug community once we're ready to take our second stop? Yes. So you can... Um, Twitter is probably the, the place where you find out the most that's going on in crypto. So um, you can find us, The Hug XYZ, uh, or you can go straight to our website, thehug.xyz. Um, and uh, we're, we're very findable across social media and uh, our community. Everyone in our community 
has like a little hug emoji that they put in their name uh, on Twitter. So you can easily tell anyone. We have about um, 3,000 people in the hug community who are creating and founding businesses in Web3 that are that are part of it. So look out for any huggers and or the mother hugger and, and come join us. Mother hugger. And the extension XYZ is all Web3 stuff? Yeah, that's like Web3. So if you... Uh, if you are starting a Web3 business and you want to like sound legit, there's a few things you need. You need an XYZ domain and you need no pitch decks. Pitch decks not cool in Web3. You use Notion uh, to, to come up with your business plan and then you send that directly to people. So that's also just, you know, a few pro tips on how to like sound Web3. I love that. Fake it till you make it. So Notion would be like the Web3 PowerPoint? Like, like the Web3 Google Docs. I see. And then how do you come up with your name? Because now I feel like I need to also squat my name before it goes away. Yeah. No, you need to think about your crypto name for sure. I'll, I'll help you brainstorm one. Um, and you need a fun... You probably need to buy an NFT that you can use as your uh, profile picture too. Okay. <laughs> 46 steps. Yeah, so now, there, now we added a 46 step to, uh, to everything you have to do. So yeah, see, so easy. For today's tip, you can take straight to the bank. If you're interested in dabbling around anything in the Web3 space, I'm talking NFTs, crypto, and yes, even the metaverse, you need to get a digital wallet. In the metaverse, you need to keep your assets safe, just like you do in the real world. And to do that, Get yourself a wallet. Spend my money, money, money. money Rehab is a production of iHeartRadio. I'm your host, Nicole Lappin. Our producers are Morgan Lavoy and Mike Coscarelli. Executive producers are Nikki Etor and Will Pearson. Our mascots are Penny and Mimsy. Huge thanks to OG Money Rehab team Michelle Lands for her development work, Catherine Law for her production and writing magic, and Brandon Dickert for his editing, engineering, and sound design. And as always, thanks to you for finally investing in yourself so that you can get it together and get it all. You spend my money.